You're listening to The B-Side, a podcast of Blessed Hope Community Church. Hey, this is your host, Malia, as usual, and today I am joined by Pastor Matt. Say hello, Matt. Hello. She <laughs> said, oh, you, you kind of could hear the, hear the melancholy in her voice. Today I'm joined by Pastor Matt, and that's it. <laughs> He's the only one I get. <laughs> no one else wants to be here. No, Shauna is um, probably, I don't know what time they were traveling today, uh, but has been gone. in route. So. so hopefully she enjoyed her tri- her girls' trip. I'm sure yeah. that was a lot of fun. I can only imagine with that group of ladies. <laughs> Couldn't be dull at all. Um, and David's busy working. I don't even know. Is he doing... He's coordinating. Yeah, co- <laughs> coordinating, yes. So. so yeah, that is what it is. So you and I talking about 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Yes, and we're kind of doing things a little bit different this week where we you haven't actually preached yet. Yeah. So depending on when you're listening to this, um, this is kind of like what the prequel. That's right. This is this is the background there work. <laughs> um, hopefully, if you're studying along in First Corinthians as we go, this will be instructive for you as you're studying. If you listen to it next week, um, it's just a little deeper in a couple of parts. Um, I'm sure that anybody that's following along that gets a little nervous about sermon length, or is I don't know what you're talking right, about. Right. Or or gets a little bit anal in terms of like making sure that we go over every word. Right? Because I, when you do yeah, a, when you do a verse do. by verse <laughs> word by word yes. series and then you don't cover all the words, you get a little panicky like, yeah. well, wait a minute, we missed." My um, tape my type A personality might be one yes, of those. Yeah, that so <laughs> so we are going to get through all 40 verses. We're we're going to read them all, we're going to understand them all. You promise? I do promise. Um and you know the thing is there it's a little bit simpler and one of the reasons we put this whole chapter together instead of parsing it out into several one because the series already took 6 months. <laughs> And so, I mean, honestly, right? We could sure. have done this. We could have done this for a whole year, yeah. Um, and that would have been good. But there's other things we want to do, yeah. Um, and so, that's one reason why we we put this together. But the other reason is because chapter seven flows in its thought, and so unlike some of the other chunks of scripture we've read, where it's one verse has one thought and needs to be pulled apart very carefully. Um, in this chunk, you'll get six verses that are giving one thought mm-hmm. and don't need to necessarily be pulled apart word by word. It's quite a little as more much. repetitive. And, yeah. Like yeah. I was, I was listening. I always listen. Um, I figure if everybody else in the church has to listen to me, <laughs> I should have to listen to me too. So I, every week, it's one of the first things I do in the week, um, is I listen to the sermon that I just gave. Yeah. And so yesterday I listened um, to, I, I don't usually watch. I have a hard time watching myself yeah, because I, I think, man, I need to kick the diet into high gear. But <laughs> but um, as, as I was listening yesterday, um, I was realizing that I spent, we, we, did, we did eight verses and I spent an, a good chunk of time on... Uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 12, 
right? Talking about these things about what, you know, it's everything is lawful, but it's not helpful and Mm -hmm. everything's lawful, but I can't be controlled. And because there's so much different packed in there, but in seven, um, we can get to the heart of the matter pretty darn quickly. Sure. Um, so that's why it's all lumped together. It's going to be fine. I promise. <laughs> See, I told you guys. He said it's going to be okay. I promise. <laughs> so. So, what kind of background do you want to give us going into uh, the sermon this weekend? Well, I think the whole the whole crux of the reason Paul even addresses this. This is interesting. So, so far in First Corinthians, what Paul has been addressing have been issues in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, it's either he's reminding them of their position in Christ and, the, and what they have in the Holy Spirit, or he's correcting them of mistakes they're making. But now we get to, to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Oh, and, and don't worry, he's going to correct them again later. Like, he's not done correcting them. That's, that's most of the letter. But in, in chapter 7, he's not correcting as much as he's answering a question they've asked him. And we don't know how they asked him. We don't know who it was. We don't know what mm-hmm. the time frame was. But they, um, what are you doing? Nothing. Carry oh, on. Okay. Just something for our Facebook stories. Oh, okay. Or Hi. our Instagram stories. See, I don't have Instagram, so I never see those. Well, they come. I post them to Facebook, too. Okay, good. Okay. So. Anyway, First <laughs> um, Corinthians 7 starts with this, now concerning the matters that you wrote to me about. Mm-hmm. And so somebody sent him a letter um, asking some questions about sex and marriage. Um, and so his whole goal in chapter seven is to, to answer the questions that they've asked. And it's likely that they asked those questions because people were being divided over them. It's also possible. I mean, we would say that based on what we know about the church in Corinth at that time is they were bickering and they were fighting and they had factions. Um, but it's also possible it was just a genuine, heartfelt question of, hey, what's right and what's wrong? Um, and so all of this centered around, is it right to be married? Is sure. it better to not be married? Um, if you're married, is it right to abstain from sex? Is it better to engage in sex? Uh, if you're not married, is it better to seek marriage or stay single? Uh, and what about the temptation that comes then for single people? And so, so Paul's kind of just answering genuinely, um, what God's given him and, and and at one point his own Mm -hmm. best wisdom about how to approach these topics. Well, and, and you, maybe you're planning to address this on Sunday, but I know one thing I wrote down as I was reading, mm-hmm. um, seven opens with now concerning the matters about which you wrote, and then it's in quotes. So I'm assuming someone from the church yeah, or church leadership wrote to wrote him. To, I, yeah. Asked. So I was like, in my head, I was like, was it Chloe? <laughs> you know what? It might've very well been Chloe. <laughs> See, because the way I figure it, uh, and again, None of this is is like oh one it doesn't matter a whole lot and two sure we won't know till we get there and we ask questions but in my mind Chloe as a church leader mm-hmm. um and, and you know what I think Chloe was probably a um a leader in that church yep and she had written to Paul and she had sent her letter with her people that represented her. Um, as the leader to Paul to say, look, all of these things are going on. That's why he says, look, I've heard from Chloe's people. I would imagine that in that letter, she also asked this question. Uh, Maybe because as a leader, people were asking her. Mm -hmm. Or 
maybe because she's a single woman and she's curious mm, yeah. or because she's married and she wants to know if that's right. Right. It's also very possible because there's going to be things in here about, hey, what if I'm a Christian and my partner is a non-Christian? Should yeah. I be getting a divorce? Yeah, yeah, those, right? are, those because are good questions. Because that is a foundational, mm-hmm. fundamental issue where maybe I think I ought to be leaving that person. And this is new for Corinth, let's face it. The church has existed for a year, maybe three to four years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul was there a year and a half. Chloe mm-hmm. was probably one of the converts from when he was there. Um, and then she's been part of the church, but there's no guarantee that her husband Ooh, is yeah. part of the church. Yeah. So maybe part of the reason she's asking this question, it's all speculation, right? but maybe she's asking the question because she doesn't know what to do with her unbelieving husband. Sure. And so that's why I think Paul takes this time out to unpack this. And I especially love where he puts it, right? If you just think about how the flow of his thought goes, right? He Chapter 5, he starts talking about church discipline, and the, the primary need for church discipline as it comes up in that church is because of someone's grotesque sexual immorality. Then in chapter 6, he starts talking about living a holy life, what it means to live a holy life, and not living in the sin that they used to live in. At least half of those sins are sexual in nature. And then in the second half of chapter 6, he just talks about the fact that, look, as a Christian, as a new creation in Christ— you are no longer to be sexually immoral. Mm-hmm. And he lays out what sexual immorality is. And then in chapter 7, he actually is going to take the converse approach, and he's going to talk about healthy sexuality within the right context, right? Um, which answers Chloe's questions, most likely. So I think... If it, it was Chloe. If it was Chloe, or answers <laughs> answers the church's questions. Yes. Um, but in my mind, yes. Like, he's already signaled out Chloe, so it makes sense yeah. that that's yeah. his source of information. Chloe's my girl. I like yeah. her already. Um, yeah, I, one thing that really, um, stood out to me is how specific Paul was when he was, um, giving his charges, you know, Mm -hmm. his commands, like if it was from God or him, he, or he would just come out and say, I, not the Lord, or, um, I feel like he stated it a different way. Yeah. I have no command from the Lord, but I give my judgment. And so he's just very specific about what God commands and what, I don't know if it's his, what he thinks or, I mean, how do we, how do we parse that out and deal with that? Yeah. Yeah. I think what he's saying there, and we'll dig into this a little bit more on Sunday, but it's a great question because it's like, well, we'll time out. If all of scripture is inspired and God breathed, then isn't this, even though, and I would say, you know, what's so great about this? Go back to when the Holy Spirit stopped Paul from making a mistake in scripture. Mm. Hmm. Earlier mm-hmm. in this, we talked about this back in like chapter two or wherever it was where he's talking about baptism. He's like, I'm so thankful I didn't baptize any of you. Yeah. Oh, wait, time yes. out. <laughs> I, it's so inconsequential, but the Holy yeah. Spirit would not allow Paul mm-hmm. to, to make an error mm-hmm. in his word. And so here, I think this is a lesson learned from Paul, right? He's oh, like, sure. he's like, I'm not I'm not sure that that there is a biblical right or wrong for you here. But I do think that I'm one who can give wise counsel mm-hmm. and this is how I and would advise you. And he has some you. authority obviously. Right. Yeah. So so I think what he's doing is he's saving, you know, not saving the Holy Spirit. He's basically saving himself from more correction. <laughs> uh, because he's saying, look, look, God isn't God has not indicated to me that there is a yes or a no here. 
Instead, what God has done is given me wisdom so that I think I can advise you. The difference is this. When somebody comes to me for counsel Mm -hmm. and they ask me what I think, and it's a biblical issue, Mm -hmm. I tell them the truth. Sure. This is what God says. When someone comes to me and it's not a biblical issue and it's just, hey, I need advice, I will give them my opinion. And if they, if I'm giving them biblical truth and they don't follow it, I can look at them and say, look, you are choosing to rebel against God because you know the truth and you're rebelling. If it's just my opinion and they choose not to follow it, I can say, okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm not smarter. You know, I, yeah. that well, it was just my opinion. Well, you've done that during sermons. You yeah. said, Matt says. Yeah. And, and I think that's so, <laughs> yeah. that's so important, right? Mm-hmm. Because because we, we can't be in this position. And I've, I've known too many pastors that have done this or read too many authors that take their own opinion and they turn it into, thus saith the Lord. And you know what? No, the Lord didn't saith that. Matt said that. I feel like we that. need Vince's God yeah. voice right yeah. there. Thus saith the yeah no he does it better than he I do did it really well. he does have a really good one, <laughs> um, but but so I think his point is because because that whole chunk there is about um, uh, do we get remarried right like if mm-hmm. I'm not married should I get married if I'm widowed should I get remarried like right. what's the thing there and he's like look I'm not sure that I have the answer um, I don't think God is going to be mad at you if you stay single mm-hmm. and God is not going to be mad at you if you get remarried. Right. Right. So here's what I think as Paul, as a right. human being who has flaws, um, but you do you <laughs> is basically the way that comes out. Mm-hmm. So I, but I do love the care he takes in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a good way to, to kind of, parse things out as far as what's a command and you know what's maybe just some good wisdom here and if anybody's looking at that that, that's verse 25 is where that comes out Mm -hmm. um now concerning the betrothed i have no command from the lord but i give my judgment as one who by the lord's mercy is trustworthy Mm -hmm. um and that's frankly anybody can say that that's trying to walk a christian life Mm-hmm. Um, because we have the Holy Spirit of God living in us, and so we have wisdom that's spiritual. Yeah. I so. like further down in verse 28, he says, Yet those who marry will have worldly troubles, yeah. and I would spare you that. And I, I was like, wow, thanks, Paul. Well. <laughs> it's just, I love that he doesn't mince words. Yeah, and I, I think <laughs> I, I think there's, when he says troubles there, and there's a, there's a difference between troubles that we think of, sure. although certainly that's encompassed. Yes. Um, and troubles strife. in a different way. <laughs> um, I, and it'll be interesting to get into the Greek of that a little bit, but, but ultimately... Part of the troubles he's talking about is the divided responsibilities. Yeah. Um, part of the troubles he's talking about it is marriage is hard. Yeah. And we've known that from the beginning. Uh, love and respect and mutual submission as unto the Lord is hard. Respecting your husbands and submitting to their authority over you is hard. Mm-hmm. Loving your wives the way Christ loved the church who gave his life up for Tall her order. is hard. Uh, married life is difficult. Yeah. And um, on top of that, as a Christian, you have a dual um, loyalty, right? Always Christ first, but I can't just worry about what Christ um, 
you know, how directing my life and, and worry about devoting all of my time 100% towards him like Paul can do. Mm-hmm. I also have to honor my family and respect yeah. my family and love my family and provide for my family. Paul would have never been able to go on these missionary journeys to just pack up and leave and then right. just decide it like he did in, in Corinth. Like, oh, you know what? I preach the gospel here. Some people responded. I think I'll stay for a year and a half. Yeah. <laughs> right. Before I move on to the next place. That doesn't work when you've got a family at home that you mm-hmm. must provide for and that you've got to be an active father figure for and a wife that needs to be loved and cared for. Like, I, it just doesn't work in that same way. Sure. So I think that's why he says, look, I think it's good wisdom mm-hmm. um, if you can to stay single, but you don't have to. But I think there's so much encouragement there because one of the things that I come across frequently are single people who feel less than mm, because yeah. they're single. Yep. Uh, and I get the desire yeah. that people have. Well, and the way that culture emphasizes. Yes. Yeah. It just uh, it makes it. I, I get the desire yeah. that people have to, to jump into relationships and to have an other. As a, as a guy who's married, I can't imagine what it would be like to all of a sudden be in isolation in that mm-hmm. way, in that intimate way, just to, to be completely cut off. So I get it. But what Paul is stressing here, which I think is so important, is that being single does not make you a second-class Christian or human. Um, are we designed for marriage? Absolutely. But God has God called some to singleness? Yep. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Jesus makes that point. You know, when he talks about um, some marrying and some being made a eunuch, he's not talking about physically being made a eunuch. He's <laughs> yeah. talking about a decision to be celibate. Mm-hmm. Um, and the decision to be celibate is the decision, as Paul points out so clearly, about the fact that sex belongs in marriage. It's not just allowed in marriage, but it belongs there, um, that being celibate is to be single. And so Jesus says, look... Some people have this gift, not everybody, uh, but you are not a second-class citizen because you're single. And we we do feel that way. Mm-hmm. And it's that singleness, I think, sometimes, and this is part of the point Paul makes, it's the singleness, I think, that drives people sometimes to compromising and settling for relationships yeah. that they know aren't good. Yep. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Um, I, you know, I think about people that I've, I've counseled over the years as an elder, as a private, you know, counseling contractor, as, as um, a pastor, you know, and, and it's just such loneliness that they get involved in relationships. And when you talk to them, they say, I know it's not great, right? but I'm so tired of being alone. Yeah. And I think that's just a misunderstanding and that's something the culture does to us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What else you got for us, Matt? Um, I there there is an interesting thing here, um, and we'll dig into it on Sunday. But I think we can talk more um, in depth about it here um, about sex inside of marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one gets a little tricky, mm-hmm. um, but but it happens early on. Yeah. That how many times can you say I'm tired? <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's not really what he says, but apparently that's <laughs> Malia's got questions about this. Um, but but here he says uh, only because my husband doesn't listen to our podcast. No, I'm kidding. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. 
But because of the temptation to sexual immorality, <laughs> this starts in verse 2, chapter 7, each man should have his own wife, and each woman should have her own husband. And, and the word for have there, it's so clear when it comes to sexual immorality. Because of the temptation of sexual immorality, each one should have. We're talking about sexual hmm. intercourse. Okay. Um, and so uh, the husband should give to his wife her conjugal rights, um, the only time we ever really use that word is when we think about conjugal visits in jail. Um, but the husband... Well, I looked it up because I was like, I wanted to make sure... That yeah. that was... Yeah, we're yeah. talking about the, the right to sexual intercourse. Um, hi, Allie Lutz. And we're also... Um, <laughs> that feels weird, um, knowing that she's listening. Um, uh, I mean, they were taking copious notes on Sunday, were they? I feel like. Good. So her and her brother, I'm just throwing that out there. Well, when, as you were like, how many times can I say sex in a sermon? Uh, a lot when <laughs> it's the topic. I would like to see a copy of their notes, actually, because I'm curious. <laughs> That's what they were just keeping tabs. Like how many? <laughs> um, but but this, so so the husband, like like the husband should give himself to his wife and the wife should give herself to the husband. And then this is the part, and that makes sense, right? We're saying, okay, well, in marriage, it's it's good. Um, but But this is the part that gets a little confusing for people. For the wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. And the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Right. And so there's this idea of how does this work in a relationship where we mutually love and respect one another, um, but where I'm not really, according to Paul, when it comes to this, I'm not in charge. Like some people can it take. It feels bad when it comes to the context of our culture because the does. culture is telling us something different. The culture does tell us something yeah. different, and something different so is I appropriate to a yeah. degree, right? Yeah. Um, and so that'll be, it's an interesting thing to dig through there. But, you know, ultimately, there's a couple of things just to know. So, one is that in a relationship at any given point in time, Every in, in a marriage, not a relationship, in a marriage relationship, <laughs> good, at good any question. given point in time, any spouse has the right to say, no, mm-hmm. this is not what I desire right now. And that needs to be honored. Sure. Right? So, so I mean, that, that just is a fundamental truth. Any spouse mm-hmm. has the right to say no, and that needs to be honored. Mm-hmm. Also, right. Um, any spouse has the responsibility to meet the sexual needs of their partner. Mm-hmm. And those things feel like they can be contradictory. Right. Right? Because um, you might have one person who feels like their need is this. Sure. And the other person who feels like that's not acceptable. And so we do have to work this out. The, the thing to remember is... Paul's trying to make a couple of points here, and he's not trying to dictate how often people have sex in marriage. (laughs) That's not his goal. Right. Mm -hmm. His goal is to say that sex is for marriage, Mm -hmm. right? Like like it is not just acceptable in marriage for procreation, Mm -hmm. but it's actually good in marriage. Sex is this thing that binds two hearts and souls together. It strengthens intimacy when it's, when it's done well. Uh, it, it binds husband and wife. It doesn't cause division or separate. And so sex is the expectation of a healthy marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, now how often, how frequently, you know, there's conversations to be had to what's honorable to both people. Mm, That's a good 
the honor. The honor. Oh, yeah. That you're honoring each other. Go back to Ephesians 5. What does it say? We submit to one another out of love and respect. Mm -hmm. So in mutual submission, Mm -hmm. if, if my spouse says, I'm not interested in that right now, I will submit to that. Sure. And you might think, well, Matt, what if that's always, you know, then, then poor you. Well, no, because out of mutual submission, mm-hmm. when I express desire, she is wired to submit to that as well. And yep. so when we are looking out for each other's needs first, then all of our needs are going to yeah, be met. that's good. So, so I, this isn't a matter of like, oh, well, you know what? I <laughs> would like to do this and... Bible says you don't get to say no, because you know what? (laughs) We are in charge of each other's bodies, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It's not a matter of I'm in charge of of my wife and she must submit to me. No, no, no. I'm also, I'm also called to submit to her. Mm -hmm. And so it, it it gets a little wonky. The the thing I would say about this too, though, is, um, sex belongs in marriage and Mm -hmm. sex should be a part of marriage, I think is Paul's whole point. And when you're honoring each other in the way you explain, it's so, it's such a beautiful picture and it, it is a beautiful picture. And the other, the other thing I would say about this too, is this is where good Christian counseling sometimes becomes necessary. Mm -hmm. Now I, I've read a lot of commentators and I've, I've, I've done, because I have a degree in counseling, I've, I've gone through, um, you know, seminars and books and things that deal with this issue in marriage. And and one of the things that people are quick to say, mm-hmm. um, almost too quick, is that there is no such thing as sexual dysfunction in a marriage. Mm-hmm. There is relational dysfunction, and it bleeds into sexual Ooh. dysfunction. Yeah. And I think that's true a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Typically, if there are issues with the sexual relationship in a marriage, they start somewhere else. Sure. And good counseling can help get to the bottom of those. Good. Sometimes, not always, but sometimes there are physical issues, there are past abuse issues, and there are other things that creep in that might not talk about dysfunction in the relationship. It might just talk about some healing from the past that needs to to take place. But my my the whole reason for going into any of that is to say that when when this part of the relationship causes friction, time to seek some outside help. Mm-hmm. Uh, because this is a part of the relationship that's supposed to be binding and yeah. awesome and beautiful mm-hmm. and wonderful mm-hmm. and glorifying to God. Um, and it's supposed to be worth the wait and it's supposed to be the sanctity and all of these yeah. things. Um, and so we need to be careful about sure. that. So to people listening, um, once they sit through um, Sunday morning sermon, still have some questions, some some other things, maybe they want to dig into mm-hmm. stuff in this chapter a little bit more. What are some resources that you would maybe want to point them to? It depends on the resources they're looking for. Sure. If they're looking for, it depends because this there is a lot covered in this. Right. Um, so really it's basically instructions for married couple. Mm-hmm. Um, instructions on divorce, mm-hmm. and then or, or instructions for Christians married to non-Christians, and then instructions for single people. Okay, uh, whatever the reason they're single. Um, and so I think if if it's the for married people, Paul's instructions here are specifically about sex. If if that's the questions you have, um, then I I would um, I would say it's helpful to talk to a third party. There are some books you can read and some things you can mm-hmm. read about that, but but ultimately. 
there's something there. Um, either it's a past thing that's coming in or it's a physical thing that needs um, maybe some some medical help or it's an emotional thing between the two of us. But that's where a third party can be really helpful. Um, so um, yeah. counseling, doctors, staff here at church, mm-hmm. however that goes. If, if what you're talking about is wanting a little more information about a Christian being married to a non-Christian, mm-hmm. um, the long and short of it is, if possible, stay married. Mm, and we'll yeah. dig into some of the details, but if that's the case, you, you are to stay married. And if you are staying married, then what you want to do is figure out how to live a godly life and how to encourage your husband or your wife in a godly life without nagging and pushing them away. Sure. Um, there are some excellent books out there. One that I would always recommend first is a book by Lee and Kathy Strobel. Um, and uh, Lee Strobel, of course, is is um, an apologist and evangelist. Is he the Case for Christ? Case for Christ yeah. guy, yeah. Used to be a, a investigative reporter for the Chicago Sun-Times. And, sure. Um, staunch atheist. Mm-hmm. His wife was a believer. Yep. Um, and so her experiences in subtly drawing him without pushing... Um, and so, and his response to that. And so just a very good help, I think. What was that book called? Do you know? uh, I'm not sure. Okay. I'd have I'll, to look. I'll look and then we can yeah, put it in, yeah, the, notes in the show notes. Um, but, um, I, I think that's a, uh, that's a good one. I think okay. for somebody in that situation. Now, if you're single and you're wondering how to proceed, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> um, there are a lot of things about holy dating. Okay. And, I know the purity culture has taken a knock mm-hmm. because of some of the the things that have come out of it, and um, but but I would say that if you're single, um, we really need to spend some time looking at why am I wanting to get into a relationship? What's the goal of me getting into a relationship, um, and what's the healthy biblical way to do it. And so there are a lot of good books. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I've seen some lately, just kind of on social media and stuff, but I've, I've not read it. Yeah. Like... Waiting on God is a good book. Um, and, um, you know, there are a couple, these are, these are books I'm not overly familiar with because I've been married for a while now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't, I don't read these very often, mm-hmm. but there are a lot of good books about what it means to find the right person, mm-hmm. um, and, and what it means to, to date well. Mm-hmm. Um, my advice to you in dating well is of course that you, um, do it with a very clear objective that you are looking for somebody that shares your foundational faith mm-hmm. and that you glorify God with together. Um, and that that be your understanding going in that somebody that doesn't share that is not somebody that God intends for you to have. Mm. There is no such thing as missionary dating. Paul says, Ooh, I like that term. Paul says, don't do it. Dating. Well, that's what we do, right? Yeah. We're like, oh, well, this person is great for me. It's just that they're not a Christian. And we talk about that like it's an add-on. Oh, they're great for me. It's almost like me saying, oh, when I, when I met Carrie, oh, th- she's great for me. Oh, she doesn't like the Cubs. <laughs> well, I can I can bring her around to my way of thinking. Well, How's that working for you? Man? Well, it's okay. <laughs> 
But but Jesus isn't an add-on. Yeah. Jesus exactly. is foundational. Yes. And so yeah. so we have to stop thinking of it like, oh well, I can I can convince them. No, 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 no. Right. That's not what the Bible ever yeah. calls us to. And, and and sometimes people because it's what they want. They super spiritualize it, right? And they make it like, well, this is this is what God wants from me. Ooh, How yeah. else are they going to get to know Jesus if I don't bring them to Jesus through this dating relationship? No, 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 no. That's not yeah at all biblical or scriptural. That is um, that's weird playing thinking. With fire a little it's bit. playing, it, it, yeah, yeah. It's it's inviting immorality in instead of fleeing from yeah. it, and um, it's just flat wrong. You will find nothing in scripture to back that up and you will find things that are contrary to it. So, um, we have, I mean, when you're single, those are the things to think about and to be careful about. So yeah. All right, cool. Well, I, uh, I'm looking forward to Sunday. I think it I'm, should be. I'm gonna be watching my clock. Like, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> wow. All right, I, it'll be good. It'll I'm gonna be, be all right. It's gonna be okay. I promise. <laughs> I promise. One more time. Okay. So, perfect. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening.